Champaign, Illinois native Emily Harrington coming to you from Kitchen Table Studios in the ever-evolving, sometimes boring, flatlands of Champaign-Urbana for the next podcast episode of Hyperlocals, where townies and transplants share their tales of tears and triumphs, losses and wins, so stay tuned to catch the characters behind the beloved Twin Cities of CU. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Hyper Locals podcast. I have my first remote interview with someone who has unfortunately left the scene. We have a centennial <laughs> grad who has moved New York, LA, now Tennessee, but he is so worthy of an interview. I thought I have to make this happen as he doesn't come home often enough, unfortunately. And this is Cam Dion Williams. Cameron, hello. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And this is the man with the Barry White voice that everyone knows so well. <laughs> the moneymaker. Yes, yeah. he was made for podcasting. So I'm very excited. Cam has an interesting story, stories to tell. So I thought yeah, stories. this will be very compelling, I'm sure. Um, like I said, he is one year older than me, centennial grad, and he was a Champagne native at one point. And mm. my last memory of Cam is going to my sorority formal. Oh, God. I still have pictures of that, too. Me jumping on the bed wearing those uh, like yellow pants from Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a party guy, a dancing king, and every girl's date, if I can yeah. say that. Yeah. The best dancer, <laughs> just an amazing guy. And I didn't even know him in high school. I only knew him when we shared spaces and orbits and friends at Illinois State yeah. in Bloomington. Mm -hmm. And we became really good friends and we hung out Thursday through Saturday and then had a lot of breakfasts at La Peep. Is what I remember. Yes, yes. A lot yes. of hungover breakfast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like I have said, I was off social media as my kids were growing up and I've just returned. And this made me return to Cam. And I friended him and started to look through pictures. And it became very clear that Cam is no longer the man I knew. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, changed. <laughs> In good ways, though. Yes. I mean, words. you seem, yes. if nothing else, extremely happy. So, when we parted ways, you were going to head to New York to yes. become an actor. And we were still talking in your early days in New York. So what did yeah. that look like? You went straight from college to New York? Yeah. Well, I remember you guys took me to the airport. Do you remember that? Oh, my God. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. And I remember uh, getting on a plane and this um, older lady was sitting next to me. She goes, are you okay, honey? Because I was crying. I was like, I'm like moving to New York. I'm leaving everything oh that i know god yeah and i was like yeah i'm just gonna miss my friends and oh. then boom i was off to new york <gasps> and the first day that i got there uh, 
luckily my older brother was there. So it was not as intimidating as I thought it was going to be. Right. But it was a lot for a 21 year old to experience for the first time. A hundred percent. You know, only getting to go to New York like twice, but that was only to like visit. Sure. But actually moving there to just say, I'm doing this. I'm going to become an actor. Let's do this. Yeah. And New York um, is overwhelming in itself as yeah, a city. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I learned so much from just moving there because, I mean, I had to grow up fast. Yeah. I had to go very, very fast because I like, you know, having to take the subway, yeah. having to go to auditions by myself, having to start being an adult. Yeah. Pretty much. Instead of, you know, being in my college days. High rent, you know, so. small spaces. Yes. I lived in a studio apartment um, with roaches oh, uh, on, on the floor. Oh, God. Um, I didn't have a bed. Only thing I had was a dining room table with two chairs and a small 16 inch TV with a VCR connected to it. Oh my but God. I had a, but I had a cable though. Cause I couldn't, I had to have my cable. That's it. Oh. So yeah. That was New York for me. Did you find any success with acting? Or if not, how'd you supplement your income? So when it came to acting in New York, it was a lot of me trying to find my own jobs because trying to find an agency in New York was a nightmare back then. It was a lot of standing in lines, um, going to auditions, a lot of like... You you were there with your headshot and your resume. I mean, this is old school. No one really does that anymore. Uh But it was a lot of just hustling. So when I didn't have the jobs... I worked at restaurants. You did, okay. So it's, it's that, yeah, I mean, it's that typical... Age-old story. After, yeah, age-old story. Struggling not to becoming a waiter or a bartender or a host. Okay. So, yeah. Did you land any jobs there? I did. I did my first feature movie. It was background, but uh-huh. uh, it was called Across the Universe, directed by Julie Tamar, and it starred Evan Rachel Wood. I remember this, Cam. It yeah. was a big deal. And this was a it big was, deal. It was, it was huge for me because I, I just remember getting the call, like your your call time was at uh, 5 a.m. in the morning. And it was um, a Beatles rendition, like with all Beatles music. Okay. And so I, we were like in the 70s. So I'm in hair and makeup getting like fake uh, sideburns on and wardrobe, you know, eating craft services. And it was like, this is what I wanted. Yeah. This is like what I've been dreaming about, you know, yeah. even though it is background, but Hey, I'm on set. And I yeah. can say that I'm on set. Yeah. And my call comes at five and I didn't get home until I think like eight that night. Wow. And I didn't, I didn't care because I was on set and I was just having a good time. And, and you got a something paycheck. That I wanted to do. And then got a paycheck. Uh, I got a paycheck. Yeah. Yes. And so what made you go from New York to LA? So back then New York was all about theater. Okay. Sure. All about theater. And I didn't want to do theater as much as I always wanted to just do films and television. Okay. You know, I, I did theater in college. You know, you saw one of my plays, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to just kind of expand my horizons. So then it was like either stay in New York and just do theater uh-huh. or go to L.A. and get more opportunities. And how many years were you in New York? I was in New York for two years. Two years. So yeah. then you pack up your little space. Pack up my little space. Didn't have much. Actually went back home to Champagne for like a week. Okay. And then packed up some things there and then shipped my stuff to LA um, and got an apartment there. Way better than the one I had in New York. So when you land in LA and you're unpacking, you're getting this apartment, is it a feeling of a good feeling or a bad feeling? It, it's a good feeling because I did it myself. Mm, okay. And as... um. God, how old was I? I think it was 
2004 when I got to LA. Okay. It felt good because I have I saved enough money to get to LA. Okay. To where I didn't have to ask my parents. I didn't have to ask anyone. Yeah. I got to LA on my own, just like I got to New York on my own too. Yeah. It was a good feeling, but I was just like, okay, again, I don't know anyone here. Yeah. Even though I did know someone that I went to high school with, but uh-huh. it was kind of like, we hung up for like maybe like a week and then it's kind of like, okay, well, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing now. So, yeah. So you're but back it was a good feeling. in auditions and mm-hmm. waitering. Yep. And then it got to a point where I just kind of stopped. Oh, really? Yeah, I stopped because as the age hotel goes, you know, there's a thousand people who went to LA to become actors. I can't even and only, imagine. And that, and that, and that one person is always that one person who just kind of makes it. Mm. And then either you you go back home, yeah, or you become a yoga instructor, or, or a real estate guy, yeah. So I was like, I don't want to do that, and I don't want to go back home because there's yeah. nothing there for me, yeah. Um, but I was making so much money in the job that I was at, and the job was. I, so I was working at this hotel in Beverly Hills. Oh my gosh! And with um, under the amazing chef Jose Andres. Okay. And I was just making balls of money where I can just travel. I could pay my rent. I could pretty much buy anything that I wanted to, you know, budget-wise. Is this tip um, money? This is tip money, and this is also my paycheck. Oh wow! So it's a minimum wage in LA is very nice compared oh, to okay. other states. Those so, California rules, yeah. yeah. California rules, yeah. yeah. So it's just I and I, I just kind of just stopped auditioning because I was literally going to work from like four to about eleven at night, and then when I get off of work, I'm like. I'm still awake and I want to go to bed till like two. Yeah. And then, so I, I want to want to wake up at 10 o'clock okay. and go to an audition. Yeah. I'm like I'm tired. I, you know, I, I did this. And then so for years it became Groundhog's Day. Yeah. And then I had a friend of mine who we were like setting up these tables because we had a party coming in and he looks at me and we're just talking. He goes, have you ever thought about doing voiceovers? Oh, yeah. And I said, uh, not really. He goes, well, you can make so much money off of doing that. I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. And then, so he goes, well, let me hook you up with my voice teacher. Okay. And uh, just see how it goes. So I went to her, Carol Kimball. Love her. She was my first voice teacher. And she goes, I love your voice, but you need practice. Okay. You need practice. And I was like, okay, I get that. And, you know, you, you hear it, but then it goes in one ear. But you're like, yeah, okay. But then when you start to actually practice, you're like, oh, wait, I'm not saying that correctly. Oh, wait, that's not how you're supposed to say that. Right. So... And the art of that, you kind of perfect your voice a little bit. And then so that happened. And then I started seeing another teacher and I perfected even more and more and more. And then boom, I did my voice demo and I just sent it off to agencies and then um, started getting some jobs with that. So you need to practice your voiceovers and you're not taking that seriously? Well, at first I wasn't. And then once I kind of started to hear myself saying certain words, I was like, oh, yeah. I don't say that the right way. Wow. You know, I don't say that how it's supposed to sound. Right. Like, I mean, for a very long time, I couldn't say um, breakfast for a very long time. <laughs> I could not say that. I would say something totally different. And I, like, just specifically, I would say specifically, and it wasn't specifically, you know. It's, so it was, like, little things like that, little quirks that I just needed to clean up. Okay. And so um, I cleaned them up. <laughs> and then and did the you start to get work in that start, industry? Start to get work in that industry. The thing about um, voiceovers is that you have to keep fighting and fighting and fighting to get to where you want to be at because it's such a small bubble and you're a voice. So that's what people need to realize. You're a voice. So it doesn't matter about your looks. It doesn't matter about your age. 
and it doesn't matter male or woman. So once you're in that bubble, you stay in that bubble. You do not leave that bubble. Wow. So if you can get into that bubble, that's where you want to be. And that's where I need to be in that bubble. So you got in that bubble. I'm not in that bubble yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. It's getting there. I actually just signed with a new agency two days ago. So. And because yeah. of COVID, you're able to now work from Tennessee, which we'll get to, instead of having mm-hmm. to be present and at Ellie's mercy. Yes. Okay. Yes. And do yes. you continue to practice? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's always just even when I'm talking. Yeah. Like as, as I'm talking to you right now, I'm practicing. Wow. Sounds weird, but it's it's true. Wow. It's, it's very true. Like it's always practice no matter what, just to like how you say your words, like how long you should say them, like how your L's are supposed to sound, wow. you know, or your O's. Yeah, sure. So you so have the depth practice. of your voice. You're just working on fine tuning it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. And does someone call you with auditions or do you have to seek those out? No, that's my agent. Okay. So someone's like, Cam, you are going to be perfect for this and you try out. My agent does most of the work herself. But if I want to find something on my own, Uh I can because that's in my contract. So I can do that. If I find it on my own, I can totally do that. But if she finds it, she gets percentage of, you know, the job. So you haven't lost your passion for acting. No, and never will. And when you took a break, you weren't really discouraged. You just needed to step back and find a different avenue. Yeah, and that's what it was because I, like every single like day in my head, I was like, "Don't give up, don't give up." Even oh, though you're not yeah. doing it, yeah. do not give up your passion because you worked so hard to get to where you are. Just like just even getting out of Illinois, that was oh, work for me, huge. And I was like, I, I just cannot get that up because it would just be a downfall. I, and I always said to myself, I do not want to be that guy who's in his seventies watching an old film, yeah, saying. That could have been me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I used to do this. This is the first movie I did. Yeah. With house shoes on, you know. <laughs> Don't want to do that. So you'll never have regrets because you've given it all you have. Absolutely. And you Absolutely. don't think you'll ever change your path. Nope. Nope. This is something deep nope. inside of you. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's it's something that that's all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I've never had a passion more than anything than acting. Yeah. Like, you know, when people say, well, if you weren't an actor, what would you be doing? Yeah. I would always say, I'm not sure. I would be working on some set of anything that's to do with production. But I have to be around actors, production, teams of producers or directors. I have to be in that nook. So what would you tell a young actor or voice actor who's getting discouraged because other people are getting the job? What I'm about to say is going to sound so cliche. It's literally just don't give up. Yeah. Do not give up. It's it sounds so cliche, and I've, I remember always hearing that. I'm like, shut up, <laughs> like <laughs> whatever. You're you're famous right now. You're saying that it is the honest to God truth. Do not give up your passion, right? Because that is going to drive you to where you want to be. Don't give up. Basically, because you want to have hard times. We all have hard times. I'm still having hard times when it comes to acting. Sure, but I'm, I'm but I'm not giving up because it's like Cause one big popularity contest. It really is. It would be hard Especially on the ego with, and yes. It's very hard on the ego, but the world that we live in now, it's totally different than what it was when I started off mm-hmm. as an actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you can do a video on, on like TikTok or YouTube right. and yeah. then you get all these millions of subscribers and you're fine, you know? Right. Is that a good thing? It's, I can't say that's a good good or bad thing. I don't venture out in that kind of network because that's kind of, you know, I'm old school. Yeah. 
You're the folding so, chairs sitting in an yeah, audition room start. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's me. That that was my path and that's still my path. Okay. But what I will say, um, the hustle today, it's a little easier for people, but if you got it, go with it. If you got that hustle, go with it. Okay. If whatever you like, if you can make it to the point where you feel fine, mm-hmm. then go with it. Okay. Now this is where things really change <laughs> for me from your perspective. So you're in LA. Yeah. And when I knew you, you were straight. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Quote unquote. And now you have a partner, a male partner. Yes. Can you take me through that? When did you know you were gay? I, I, I knew since I was a kid. God, Cam? Yeah, I, I mean, I always knew. But the thing the thing is, I, like, I'm still attracted to the females. Okay, you are. Yeah. So I don't put the whole, I'm gay, bisexual. Like, I, I'm, a gay, I'm a gay man. Yes. Okay. Um, but you could easily fall in love with a woman if you hadn't met your partner? Could have, yeah. It's complicated. Have, yeah. It's complicated. Yeah, it's a little complicated. You're attracted yeah. to who you're attracted to. Yes. Did you ever tell anyone that you had feelings for men before LA or before New York? No. Okay. No. When did you come to the realization that it was time to tell people externally? Okay, so <laughs> here's a where it gets interesting. So I was dating someone in LA. Okay. Gosh, I think it was around 2007, I want to say. Okay. And um, just randomly dating someone, but it wasn't anything serious. So I had went to Chicago to go visit, you know, a few of my friends. And I ended up hooking up with one of my friend's boss. Wow. Okay. So, and you know, no one knew. At, the, mm-hmm. at that time and the next morning i was like you can't tell so-and-so because you're trying like, to keep okay. it under wraps i was yeah I was still trying to keep it under wraps Got no it. one knew okay except people in la so in la you were able to be free oh yeah whoever oh, yeah. you wanted to be okay yeah but it your was, hometown just, friends yeah. you were still yeah. i was still playing the straight boy fraternity it. kid got yeah. it so i told him i was like well please don't tell so-and-so and he ended up telling that person oh my god so uh, we're in Champagne for a wedding, one of the boys' wedding, and my friend came up to me and he goes, hey, did you blah, 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 hook up with so-and-so? And I just got done. I was like tired of lying. So yeah. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I did. But what? please do not tell anyone. Do not tell anyone. Like, I am trusting you. Please don't tell anyone. Okay? So I go back to LA, and this is like months and months and months and I get a call as I'm because I'm working at this hotel. So on New Year's Eve, I get a call from uh, <laughs> probably one of my best friends ever. Okay. And he asked me a question. He goes, "Hey, can I ask you a question?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Cam, are you gay?" Oh my god, Cam. And I'm like, "Uh, what?" He goes, "He goes, well, I've been hearing some things. I wanted to ask you, you know, as a friend, instead of hearing it from people talking behind your back." I go, "Who told you that?" He goes, well, so-and-so told this person when they were in a cab, and that person told all of us. Mm. So I, and I told my friend, I was like, yeah, it's true. Wow. Was like, it's true. It How was did like, you feel saying that out loud? Relief, but pissed also because oh. I confided in a friend. Yeah. 
and that said friend told another friend so you who felt betrayal. I thought was my friend. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that was not their story to tell was mine. Yeah. So that happened. And um, a couple of days later, I just said, screw it. And I just wrote all my friends an email and said, here I am, blah, blah. So, and I'm one of the lucky ones because I didn't lose any of my friends. Yeah. So everyone was accepting on that end. Oh, yeah. Yes. What yes. about your parents? When did they find that, out? They, uh, probably like a year after that. Oh, wow. You told your friends first. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like, that was more of like, you know, I, it's a little easier. Interesting. Than my, than, yeah. my, than my family. I actually told my older brother first. Okay. And then I told my um, parents. So Was that face to face? No, that was over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think I could have done it face to face. So, and were they but, uh, okay with that? Not really. Um, I didn't talk to them for a few months, but uh, I remember my mom called me because like, I called her on her birthday. Okay. She didn't answer, but she called me like a few hours later, and I just started crying. Oh, damn! It was just nice to hear my mom's voice. So, oh, and now yeah. they're accepting of it. Oh yeah, everything's totally fine. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first layer. And the second layer is now everyone knows that you can be attracted to men and yeah. you start dating openly in LA and getting on apps. <laughs> yes. Can we say which app? Yes. Yeah, we can say it's a grinder. Okay, yeah. grinder. Okay. We were trying to like not say it at first. And I was like, screw it. I don't care anymore. Hey, that's and modern like, dating, Cam. It happens. Exactly. Yeah. It is. It is. People like can be on like Twitter and, you know, yeah and or uh, uh what, what is it uh tinder and you know it's instagram yeah. So, yeah so you have a date with a man named michael yes okay yeah. and that goes really well it goes very well we went to starbucks <laughs> and had tea <laughs> oh that's sweet <laughs> yeah yeah that's cute and that's you cute. two fall in love pretty much that weekend but we didn't say it to each other okay and yeah. where do we go from there okay so we, uh, we had our first date on friday uh-huh. we spent the next day together which was a saturday okay sunday we spent the day together and then i had to go to work that night okay then he left that day and i didn't see him for let's see this was in november i didn't see him until february of that next year oh wow and then he we didn't talk because he ghosted me for 14 days and so i was like well he just ghosted me like i really liked this guy and he didn't talk to me for 14 days. I was like, what's going on? Turns out he was in the hospital. Okay. And so, because I stopped him on uh, Twitter. <laughs> Just to see what he was doing. And uh, yeah, the, like he got out of the hospital. And then we met up in New York and spent the week together. And we haven't been apart from each other since. And how do you land in Tennessee? He's from Tennessee. Good old Southern boy. So I landed in Tennessee mainly because... Michael has five kids. He has five kids. Yes, he has five kids. And they from his uh, former partner. Okay, and they range yeah. in age from eight to sixteen. Yes, three biological, two adopted. Yes, and now you have taken these kids on as your own. They're my stepkids, yeah. And you refer yeah. to them as your children, and they call mm-hmm. you Cam. They call me Cam. Yeah, I actually know they call me Cam. Cameron. So, but Judah, the eight-year-old, if he wants something, he'll call me dad. So it's like one of those, you know, if I want something, I'll call you dad. Yeah. <laughs> and how is being a dad for you? 
A dad in you Tennessee. A gay yeah. dad in Tennessee. Gay dad in Tennessee. Let's, yeah, let's say that. Gay dad in Tennessee. Um, a gay actor dad. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can't... You, you can't write this story. Come on. I mean, you could. It's mine. <laughs> uh, it's, um, I never like thought I would ever be a dad, ever. Oh, really? That was never, that was, that was never in like the picture for me. Sure. That was never, you know, I, I can't wait to be a dad, that kind of thing. Like when I grew up, I, no, because my plan in life was become a working actor and just see where life takes you. Yeah. And I pretty much got what I was like. I mean, I, I just kind of, life just took me here. So the reason why we ended up here is because we did, we tried LA uh-huh. because we did, we were here for like two months. And then I was like, I'm not, a, I'm not from the South. I can't do the yeah. South. Like that's not me. I'm, I'm from the Midwest. I've lived in New York, LA. I was like, you can't put me in a small town. Yeah. That's just not me. I mean, I grew up in a small town. I don't want to go back to a small town. So we did LA for like nine months. And I was like, yeah, I think I've done LA. I think I'm kind of over LA. Okay. I was in LA for 16 years and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done here. So you're ready to um, put down some roots. Yeah. I mean, I'm about to be 40 this year. It's Can you like, believe that? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my right? God. Yeah. Man, it's crazy. And so we moved to um, here to Franklin, Tennessee. Like I like to call it the Beverly Hills of the South. Oh, really? Pretty much. Oh gosh, it's like something out of a postcard. Wow, it's okay. just it's pretty. It's nice. There's like a church on every block. <laughs> Seriously, and a school, which is appropriate because but, Michael used to be a pastor, is what you said. Yes, yes, he did for like mega tr- like churches all over Tennessee. And this is before he was publicly gay. Yes. So he fought, and everyone fought around him. His sexuality. Oh yeah, big time. They big tried time. to keep him from being who he really was. Yeah, and also he he kind of just kind of pushed everything down because that wasn't the norm. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, um, you hear stories about a lot of pastors. Yeah, especially in the South, that yeah. later come out. You know, like sure. oh, 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 I'm a gay man now. Like you hear so much of it. Right. You also hear about a lot of um, pastors who kill themselves too. Right for suppressing who they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So five kids, and they come and go to your home. As they please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just love they, being a dad. I do. I do. Mainly because all five kids are totally different. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they are not the same Yeah, at all, which is great. And trust me, I have my moments when I'm just like, get out my face, you know, as <laughs> any parent, as any parent does. But I love those kids so much. It's beyond how much I love them. And I never thought I could love another like human being that wasn't my partner yeah. more than I do with those kids. Yeah. And you and, and Michael ended good. up getting married. We did, right in the middle of the pandemic. And you just couldn't yep. wait. Yeah. Couldn't wait, no. Do you so, think you'll have your big wedding eventually? Well, maybe eventually. I was like trying to do, maybe I wanted to do a big 40th birthday, but I was like, no, that's kind of lame. Everyone does that. But I don't know, maybe. We'll see. Okay. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. I want <laughs> to end on this. Michael... We need to visit him on Instagram. Okay, he's at Spider Monkey Winston. Tell me about his job, Cam. Your husband's so he, job. Yeah, so he rescues animals that come to this country that come illegally. That's so crazy. he basically just takes care of them. He brings them to his sanctuary that he has four of them. Um, one in Ohio, one here in Franklin, and two in Florida. So the sanctuary is just to get animals healthy 
basically bring them coming back to life because a lot of them are malnourished, um, not well. And also he helps animals when people get monkeys that cannot take care of them. And so when they're like two years old, they're like, oh, I can't just take, I can't take care of them. What do I do with it now? Right. And so that's what Michael does. He just rescues animals that come here illegally and the people that just can't take care of them anymore. Do you ever have them in your home? Uh, I have two in my home right now, Winston and Liana. So you have but two? They don't run, they, yeah, they don't run ragged right now because I couldn't have that. I, I like my house perfect. So, <laughs> so you have <laughs> two monkeys in your home as pets? Yes, right now. That is incredible. Your well, story is little, wild. So I know it's crazy. It's, it's, it's a little crazy. No one, like, if you would have said, if you and I would have talked, like when we were in college, you said it's going to be my life, I hope you're lying. <laughs> you're absolutely lying. Well, I am so <laughs> happy that you're living your authentic life. I really am. You, and I'm happy for Appreciate you. That. And I'm glad we got to reconnect. Is there anything yes. you want to end on or plug? Um, no, just live your life. Okay. Live your life. Visit Cam yeah. Dion Williams on Instagram. Cam Dion Will. Yes. Cam Dion Will. He is amazing. Thank you so much, Cam. Love you. Thank you, Emily. So glad to see you. Good luck with everything. Okay. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening. However, your podcast host of choice allows, please positively rate, review, comment, and give all the stars. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and ring that notification bell so you know when the next episode drops. Also, search and follow Hyperlocal CU on all social media. If I forgot anything or you need me, visit my website at hyperlocalcu.com. Bye! I think